Ahoy on the call, but it's just Hunter. Hello there, I'm History of the Flash, but you can call me JD. And welcome to Hero Story episode 96. I almost said 95, but Woo! it's 96. Today on Hero Story, we're actually joined by a special guest. You may introduce yourself. He goes by the kid, and it is... What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? It's the kid, one half of the comics, Kings. How are y'all doing? Thank y'all for having me on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So, thank you for coming on the podcast. The kid has an account on Instagram called Comics King, Comics with an X. Uh, you can follow him on there. He does interviews actually with some D- DC and Marvel, well, comic book in general, writers and artists. You have one coming up this Sunday, right? You want to plug that real quick? You have one coming up this Sunday, right? Yes, we do. Let's get the plug out the way off top. So, we got Alex Sinclair interviewing we were interviewing alex sinclair on sunday that's at 9 p.m eastern standard time i don't do time conversion so y'all gonna have to figure that out <laughs> then we got Cine grace coming on the 21st then we got giuseppe communicoli on the 25th and then this is an exclusive for y'all this hasn't even dropped yet on the page we got steve orlando interviewing him on the 20 20- oh wow that's, that's, that, that, that's the big one. Uh, yeah, you got big things coming on uh, Comics Kings, and it's a, definitely an up-and-coming account. Uh, if you haven't checked them out, definitely recommend they make some great videos, wrap-ups of the week. I, I watch it. It's very entertaining stuff, so uh, definitely check them out. And, uh, yeah, we're uh, glad to have them on the podcast. Uh, we've been This is something we've been trying to get together for uh, a little while now, so it's great to have them on. And we got a great week and to have them on because week. there was a ton of news and a ton of comics. Hunter, uh, start, wh- why don't you get us to the news? Yeah, sure. Uh, just real quick. So yeah, sure. Comics King is joining us, but we are just, this is like a simple episode like we always do. We go over the news, we go over the comics. For those of you that don't really care about us talking about the news, you can just skip ahead to the comics. We are reviewing the Joker 80th anniversary. We're reviewing the Flash 755, Batman number 92, Daredevil number 20. Uh, I also picked up Batman the OSRs number 12 that I might mention here and there. But yeah, for those of us who want to skip to the Time frame. And time, yeah, timestamps will be in description, so all you got to do is look down and uh, skip ahead if you want to. But th- I think this will be an episode worth listening to. Yeah, exactly. So starting with the news of the week, from a few hours from sure. this recording time, and probably less than 24 hours from if you're listening, if you're listening upon release, uh, Sony had a little press conference announcing the PlayStation 5 news coming up, and their yep, first and reveal their first was Spider-Man Miles Morales, the... Sequel slash spinoff to Spider-Man PS4 coming December, well, I guess holiday 2020, I'm guessing December. But yeah, that was the first drop. What do you guys yeah. think? I was I was very shocked, so uh, I obviously didn't see this coming at all. I was at work, and uh, one of my buddies texts me, and he, he goes, yo, check this out with a YouTube link. So I just saw that, like, I, I saw the lock screen of, like, a YouTube link and checked this out, so I thought it was going to be, like, some meme or something or some, you know, music, so I was like, whatever, I'll look at it later. And then I, and then I uh, like, about, like, 20 to 30 minutes later, I go on Instagram, and I see... Uh, nothing but Spider-Man, 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 Spider-Man post. And I'm like, wait, why do I not recognize this? And I was like, oh my god, this oh is for a new game. So I go to my text and I was like, oh my god, he sent me the link. He tried to give it to me and I didn't receive it. Oh no, I could have watched it so long ago. So uh, oh, no. I, I was, it, it was a nice surprise for my after work uh, vibes today. And uh, yeah, I was definitely surprised. Oh, this whole thing made me think, and, and I'm just going to get this right out of the way. Rocksteady, you better start working because if they're able to get you know, two games going in this quick a time, and you haven't done anything with Batman or DC in the last five years. I mean, it's time to get it going, Rocksteady. That's a good point. <laughs> oh yeah, they're getting swept up, bro. They get, they definitely getting swept up. And so, so Rocksteady, but you got to do better. Yeah, yeah, come on, let's y'all getting knocked out. But uh, one of the things I thought just initially, because me and my homeboys, we were all watching the event like together, 
we were all watching the event because we're all just huge gamers and we were watching it and then when it came on our minds were just blown and the only like the biggest thing i took away from it was miles morales listens to kitty i'm so happy about that like yeah, that's the, the happiest soundtrack. thing i've ever seen that that made the soundtrack's fantastic oh, it's, so it's, give, it's giving me spider-verse vibes because in the comics even when bendis was writing him originally oh miles wasn't much of like a music fan like he wasn't the kind of guy that was always listening to music but into the spider-verse and now this seems to be turning him into that kind of character and i love it i love the vibes going on and even solid in the med his take on the character they have a whole issue where he he basically visits a biggie museum <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I I find it crazy how uh, this character has really exploded. I've always thought, like, you know, since his first appearance and when I first, like, kind of discovered the character, I was like, this character has so much potential for either live-action use or, uh, you know, whatever, like, other Spider-Man media. Like, I, I always thought it was weird that every Spider-Man media uses Peter Parker. Like, you know, even, like, the, you know, Sony-verse just using Venom. I'm like, why don't they use other Spider-Man? Like, they have the rights to them. Why not? So, so to see Miles yeah. like exploding like this on you know into the Spider Verse and the animated movie, the video game now, it's like yeah, the you know he's finally getting his due, and it, it's really cool to see. And uh, it it really makes me wish I owned a copy of Ultimate Fallout number four, aka uh, Miles's first appearance, because uh, that's got to be a hot book right now between uh, this game announcement and uh, into the Spider Verse. Oh, that's a good point. Know, I bet today since it was hey. announced, it's gone up. Like the price I guarantee Yo, just went up a hundred dollars. You think? Let me tell y'all, let me tell y'all, y'all think that you want it badly? Bro, that is my dream comic to have. I I was telling y'all in our pre-production about one grail I got. Bro, that blows that grail out of the water. Like, <laughs> this that's a book that, especially now, as I like look through our account and I see everyone like posting it up, I've seen, just seen mad copies of Ultimate Fallout number 4, and it's just like, dog. I saw someone who had 10 copies of it on IG. I saw that. And I was are like, you talking about Jay Philly? Dude, I saw I, that. I was like, oh my god. That's amazing. Bro, no. It, it wasn't, bro, was it amazing? Sure. I'll, I'll applaud him for the feat, but nah, dog. Like, I'm not even gonna hold you. I got so heated. Like, I got so heated. I don't get jealous much, but that was one where I was like, dog, what is you doing? I, I I felt that I was I was, I definitely felt some envy. I'm like, oh my god, he has so many copies of it. Like, can I just have one? Was he doing a giveaway or like what was going on here? I I think I'm I'm not exactly. He was just sure. showing them off. Oh, was he just showing them off? I I think he like he gets a lot of stuff graded. So he had them like all graded. They were all like nine point sixes or nine point eights, and I was like, oh my god, that's like like a nerd's like dream right there. That's amazing. Yeah, like how much is this comic like, worth? Do you guys know? I bricks. I mean, not bricks. It's, oh. well, it's worth a lot. <laughs> I, yeah, I just looked I've it up. Seen, I've seen copies go for. I mean, like signed copies for like a thousand. Um, but raw copies can go for a few hundred. I mean, it's it's crazy. Then and when they're CGC, especially nine point six or eight. I mean, they so, really yeah. take off. I just looked and up. I, and I, like I said, I think it's just going to keep taking off with all this Miles uh, media coming oh, out. Absolutely. Number. Oh, uh, for sure. So uh, nine point eight. So like perfect. Chris never open likely. Is going for one thousand eight hundred five dollars. Damn! Hey, hey, I want y'all to know that's basically a grant. Like I'm in college right now. That's a grant. Yeah. That's that's a whole scholarship. That, that's funny. I mean, 
you know, what's worth more, your education, uh, the first appearance of Miles Morales. I mean, you know, they, they both have their benefits. Um, but it is, you know, to get back to the game, I mean, it looks beautiful. I, I think even in such a short time, the graphics, which I already thought were great, already look like they're next gen. Like, you know, they're so much more improved. Uh, Miles finally got his hair lined up, which looks nice. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. They gave my man a nice face. <laughs> You notice how Yo, it's winter. My man's hairline this. was looking crisp. Like it, all of New York, there's oh. snow all around. It's snowing. There's snow on the ground. Like the whole map seems like it takes place around winter time, which makes sense because it comes out around yeah. Christmas time. So, so it makes sense. I mean, they recreated New York City. Well, a lot of New York City for, for Spider-Man PS4. And now this game, I guess, to change it up a little bit, just make it snow and go from there yeah, yeah. i mean uh, listen I'm, I'm for it i can't wait for those uh swinging graphics with the snow hitting me um oh, i think this is gonna be a ton of fun at, at first i was a little like confused i'm like wait is this the sequel i thought like they're setting up a sequel with uh venom and harry osborne and peter yeah, parker so i was like what and then i'm like oh okay this is this is pretty clearly going to be a spin-off you know based on um you know obviously being focused on miles and uh they they had like a like a little blurb that went with it and uh they they essentially said that uh it builds on and expands the uh the gamer verse essentially so uh you know builds on and expands to me screams this is a spin-off and i'm here for it i mean i've always said like especially in the arkham games I would love to spin off with nightwing or something like that or even batgirl or robin oh, that would have been a game ooh Oh yeah! Imagine being in Bloodhaven, being being able to travel to Gotham. I mean, oh, Rocksteady, please take my money. But I, I, either way, this Miles game has me so hyped. Um, it, you know, I was gonna wait for the PS5, and I kept saying like, you know, I'm gonna wait a little bit. We'll see. We'll let the price go down, or I'll look for a bundle with Spider-Man. You know, PS5. And now that I see this, I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna have to drop that dough December 2020. All right, fine. I, I oh for yeah. sure, I'm giving them the bread, bro. I'm, I'm giving them the bread. Sony, take my money, as you already have so many times in the past. They did say that Spider-Man Miles Morales will be a launch title. So the day the PS5 comes out, the day this comes out. There's no official date yet, just that it's going to be around Christmas time. So take, take Look, I will just let y'all know. I will just let y'all know. Just in case, just in case, just in case, you know, I'm going to look on my PS4 store and be like, ooh, maybe if I get lucky, I, I, I won't have to trade in. I, I have a feeling that they're not going to release on PS4. Now, obviously, they haven't said anything about it. I, I don't see them releasing it on PS4. I think it would be generous, but I, I don't see it happening. I think this is kind of... Neither do I, but a brother can hope. Uh, we can all hope. I, I hope, as a PS4 owner myself, I hope. But I have a strong feeling that this will be a, uh, hey, go get PS5. So And it's working. Listen, the three of us are already like, all right, maybe I could uh, cough up the money for the PS5. So... Uh, I'm I'm hyped. You guys are hyped. Uh, it's it, there's a lot of hype going around. I'm I'm ready for it, and I look forward to uh, reviewing it on the podcast. In the future yeah, because, I was uh, gonna mention. I know it'll be a lot of fun. So about two years ago, we actually reviewed Spider-Man PS4 on the podcast the week it came out, and I remember like it came out, and then about four days pass, and then JD and I go down to record our review, and I was like, all right, so I'm at the part where like I'm about halfway through, and JD's like, oh, I beat it last night. <laughs> So <laughs> well, 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 I don't even think that story does it justice. Like I, I go on to the uh, to our call, and my eyes are like plastered wide open, and I have like the crazy hair. Like I've been playing video games for five straight days for uh, way too much time during school. And, oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, uh, I I beat the game, and Hunter was like, "Oh my god, you beat the game!" I was like, "Yeah, it was uh, it was a long week." So uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, it was a crazy time. It was a great time. 
Um, I missed it, and I can't wait for the next one to uh, beat it as quick as possible. <laughs> I'm so. Oh fun. yes, this that last game, I I took it like a slow burn because I knew that it was gonna be like so good, so I didn't want to like. All of a sudden, just like all of a sudden, people are like, "Oh, now I've got nothing to do." But this one, I might need to put myself in that state. It's it's <laughs> it's worth it. Trust me. Yeah, Especially I feel like I might. Coming off, I might have like, like a sick day. And we're all on break. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I guess we all would be on break. Yeah, just book off it, those days that it comes up. Book off that weekend and just binge through it. That's what I plan on doing. Oh man, yeah, I'm so pumped. Just, yeah, fun. That might have to be the move. All right, that's the uh, that's the only gaming news. But I mean, we don't get gaming news often on Hero Story here. But we'll keep you guys updated with any sort of news that happens with Spider-Man Miles Morales. We will likely talk about it here on a Hero Story. But moving on, uh, live action news. I guess we'll go to the Batwoman news first. So as we all know, Ruby Rose decided to dip when Batwoman season one ended. She's no longer going to be Batwoman. Uh, they released a casting for casting the next Batwoman to replace her for season two. And it's Vanessa Morgan is being eyed at the moment for it, but not for Kate Kane. They're going to be doing a new Batwoman that's going to be a little bit more happier than Kate, a little more quippy. And yeah, uh, just to add on to that, they're looking for uh, someone to star as Ryan Wilder. That was going to take up the mantle after, you know, obviously Kate Kane's sudden like departure, possible death, who knows? And uh. One of the things we've seen is that apparently Morgan's going to do a screen test for the role with some other members to, you know, get down their dynamics. And I think this actually comes at a great time because I'm not sure if you guys watched the show that she's currently on, Riverdale, but she was just calling out the Riverdale writers from for saying, like, hey, y'all are making our black characters look like sidekicks. I'm not really trying to be a sidekick, especially when I get paid, like, main character money. Oh, so I think that this is actually okay. the perfect, like, transition for her. Oh, I didn't. I didn't actually know about that with Riverdale, but uh, yeah, I I just wonder how this is gonna work for Batwoman. I mean, I think you know, obviously having a TV show is tough. You know, regardless, trying to keep fan base interested. When you redo the main character, it, it's very make or break, right? Like it's like either it's gonna yeah. be you know amazing and it flows perfectly, or it's gonna be a big you know uh, stick in the mud and it's gonna be tough to get around. But I, either way, I'm you know interested to see how they do it. Um, I don't know, it's, and I, I still wonder how that show and Lois and Clark are going to be able to lead the crossover, or Lois and Superman oh, are going to lead the crossover I, next year. Like I, 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 highly, I don't think it's going to work. I highly doubt that they will. I highly doubt it. Yeah. You're getting I think that show they're actually going back and scrambling and trying to figure out how to make it work. Yeah, they. Yeah, I feel like there's yeah. going to be a big writer room meeting of maybe a bit of re-changes to their plans. Because I can't see Lois can't and see. Lois and Superman and Lois Batwoman leading a single crossover. That I mean, a lot of people aren't going to watch that. I guarantee. So, it just, yeah, it's strange. Batwoman's kind of up in the air right now. We don't really know officially. Like Vanessa Morgan, she's being eyed for it, and she's doing the auditions, and everything. But she's not officially Batwoman yet. I feel like there's a good chance that she will be, but at the moment, no, she's not yet. So we'll just have to wait and see. I guess we'll. I'm guessing we'll find out within the month though like within yeah. june we'll probably hear from it but yeah yeah i would say i would agree with that some rumors going around with the uh robert pattinson batman trilogy there's a they're apparently looking to cast the joker at the moment and he is set to be in all three of the movies for pattinson's batman now the source on this is a known <laughs> so we don't really know too much about it. the reason we're talking about it is yes it could be real but what do you guys think of joker in all three pattinson movies 
I I don't mind. I mean, I, listen. I think that Joker is somebody who is usually done better in you know uh, little bits and pieces in the sense of like when he appears in the comics and he's appearing in you know four different comics at the same time. I'm kind of just like, oh, it's Joker, haha, cool. So I, I I don't know if having him appear in all three movies would be you know the biggest you know right move for them, but you know may, maybe that could at least lead to some consistency with the character and to you know actually making a uh, good character out of it. You know. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, hopeful for this. I mean, you know, Joker is typically something that you're either amazing or you're terrible. So yeah, <laughs> hopefully we get a few more amazing Jokers. I mean, with the Oscars going around with Joaquin Phoenix and even Heath Ledger, Joker is kind of the most interesting fictional character on screen, I would say. But even with comics, like I do not really care for Joker that much. I feel he's overused in, within the past few years. I miss the times where Joker appeared every few years. And when he did, he did something insane that, like, kind of changed the Batman comics for the next little while. But recently, like, he was kind of like a side character in City of Bane. And then right after he, or right before he was in the Legion of, of Doom. And then we have his 80th anniversary and he's in the arc before Joker War. I feel like he's used way too much at the moment. But, I mean, yeah. that's comics. But going for live action, I Joker's really good when he's used very little. So when he does appear, he's, he's terrifying. Like he's that. I mean, wild hopefully, card. hopefully, if it's gonna be you know the cameo in the first and appearing in the second, they do it how the Dark Knight trilogy did it, where the cameo in the first is like a like tease to him, like oh we found this, oh we only found this calling card, and then he appears in the second one. You know, it's like a nice little like okay, get get the fans hyped about it. Yeah. So, so I think that's what it could be. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of excited because I'm curious to see who they could cast, but. I know, you know, no matter who gets cast, there's going to be some kind of internet hate. It's just the way, you know, conflict movies go. But who yeah. knows? I, you know, I, I hope they do good. I think the only way people won't hate on it is if it actually kind of looks like Joker. Like, William Defoe obviously is too old, but I feel like if he was cast, people would still be all for it. I'd even say mm -hmm. just due to his past role, uh, oh, I forget his name. The guy who played Pennywise in it, I forget his name already. Uh, Bill Skarsgård? <laughs> Bill Skarsgård, yeah, him. So I feel like if he was cast, people would be okay with it, just because of his past role, yeah. though, not because of anything else. What do you think? So yeah, um, the only thing that I would really think about in terms of whoever plays the Joker next is that since Robert Pattinson is such an artsy like actor, like he's mostly now known for his more smaller like independent films. I think it needs to match with someone on that same level, someone who could, you know, deal with the big budget of all of it, but still get to that very intimate source because. As we even see in the Joker 80th anniversary issue that just came out, they have a very, the dynamic between Batman and Joker is a very intimate one in itself. And so since it looks like Matt Reeves is more looking at the more minuscule but still crucial aspects of the Bat mythos, I think that whoever they cast as Joker would need to match that same energy. Okay, mm -hmm. if I were to guess who that would be... Maybe a little young, but going with mm -hmm. the whole, like, oh, I was in a big movie, like Twilight, and then afterwards I did a lot of smaller movies, and it's all I do is smaller movies now. I would say Daniel Radcliffe. Harry Potter. Actually, oh, yeah. Harry Potter? Oh. He, he's 30 oh. years old, so I feel like he's kind of around Pattinson's age, but I could see him. I actually can kind of see that. I can actually can kind of see that. Is that, Depend is that a hot take? Uh... <laughs> it, it might be a hot take. I don't know. I... I... See, whenever I see him, all I could think is Harry Potter. So that's you know what ruins it for me. But that's I, you know I, let, let me let me see some boss logic art with him as Joker. I, maybe I can. <laughs> that's, all that's I can think I, of. I judge any fan casting when I see boss logic art. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense now. 
Yeah, that's fair. Or... The only way that I think of it is just like, yeah, he could kind of do it, but I think that depending on how well this Guns Akimbo movie did, I think that will determine whether he'll be free for the role or not. That's mm-hmm. fair, yeah. Uh, if I were to do like, still in the wizarding world, but maybe looking a bit more like the Joker, Eddie Raidmain, who's in Fantastic Beasts, he's the lead in Fantastic Beasts. He's the lead. So he's kind of got oh, more yeah, of the skinny yeah. face, more of the pointy nose of Jokerish. Yeah. That's old boy that uh, played Stephen Hawking, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think so. He did. He did. In okay, the... cool. Yeah, but yeah, I would say. I hate that I just refer to such an illustrious actor as old boy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, yeah, uh, but but yeah. It, I, either way, I think there's gonna be big shoes to fill, especially with Joaquin just winning the Oscar. And I feel like last time we had big shoes to fill, we ended up with Jared Leto. So I I, I just hope they kind of you know uh, try to focus more on the. Like, how can we make him kind of comic booky, you know, or like, let, let's not try to make him have a gangster grill and tattoos. Please, no. Let's, you know, let's, let's, let's try to focus a little bit on the source material here. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So now the next bit of news is all going to be comic book news. And then we're going to move on to the comics after that. So first bit of news of the week is Nightwing's actually returning. Like I know I've said this probably seven times on the call in the podcast. You but... definitely have. Like I feel like I've I've had to woohoo it multiple times, but I'll I will woohoo it every time because it is my boy Nightwing. <laughs> well, now uh, it's official. Yeah, he's, he's gonna be returning in Joker War, which is uh, definitely an interesting place to return him. But it's it's I, I get the play where it's you know people more people are gonna be reading it because it's kind of an event. So if you're gonna try to kind of relaunch the Nightwing title here this is the time to do it because I know myself, I would read Nightwing if I know Nightwing's back, you know? Oh, that's a good so, point. Yeah, uh, I would as well. I would as well. So th- this is definitely exciting. Uh, obviously, I love Dick Grayson. You guys love Dick Grayson. I can't wait to have him back. And uh, it's been a long time coming. I, can- I did not believe that Rick would ever last this long. I can't believe it lasted this long. But two years. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to have Nightwing back. Yeah, he's, he's been around for two I years I haven't now. read a Nightwing book in two years. And now, like, Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, like now that like he's back, I feel like yes, I can actually like read no, it and I'm it's the same good. Way. And yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, man. I'm actually trying to think what's the last because I read a little bit of the Rick era. I might have read like four, maybe five issues in, and I was like, this isn't for me. Like, I just I can accept it's not for me and drop the book. And I, I read. I, the first I think a lot 10. of Nightwing readers did that. A lot of loyal ones. Yeah, no, I I was convinced last... that Rick Grayson was gonna leave after like maybe two arcs. I was so convinced, so I was reading, I'm like, yeah. okay, this will, it'll be over soon, it'll be over soon, it'll be over soon. One year later, and I was like, okay, no, I can't, <laughs> I can't. So uh, I read it the first year, and when year two began, I was like, okay, no, he's not coming back. So I'll just, I'll just wait till the year <laughs> that he's back. And there's leaks, there's rumors, there's people being like, oh yeah, he's coming back this issue. And even the solicitations hinted at him coming back. They'd be like, oh, he's visiting Bruce Wayne, I wonder what this could mean. Or, oh, he sees, he sees the blue suit, what could this mean? But no. He never came back. But now it's official. George Dimnez, doing the art on Batman for Joker War, has posted his cover for Batman issue 99 coming in September, and Nightwing is on the cover. Officially. Thank God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Jorge Jimenez, man, with those covers. So beautiful. They're so good. Uh, Dan Didio recently did an interview. Dan Didio recently left DC, and before he left, there was a lot of people talking about something called DC 5G. We've done a f- an episode explaining the whole thing. I can't remember the number off the top of my head uh, what episode it is, but 5G was basically getting rid of the old heroes, replacing them with new characters. Uh, JD, you read more than Kid and I did about this. You want to talk about that real quick? 
Yeah, so uh, essentially, the, this is like the first major interview he's done since uh, his departure with DC. He's been very silent on everything, but uh, this is the first one, and the the uh, the title of it is he debunks the popular five G rumor. So uh, Dan, essentially, in this uh, in this interview, says that it was more of a pitch that like. It'll either reach fruition or it won't reach fruition. But, you know, it was being pushed by journalists as uh, comic book journalists as like way more than I guess what it was. And uh, he said that it wasn't similar to the Marvel Now initiative where, you know, the iconic characters are replaced by legacy characters. He said like it's it it was never going to be like that. It was going to be more of a uh, long term plan featuring a lot of like characters that they already use now, the key characters and then uh, long term character evolution that was being thought out for like decades to come so uh he made it sound like 5g was always going to be more of just a thought out plan not uh luke fox's batman john kent is superman and captain boomerang jr is the flash you know as the journalist had us believe so uh this is you know pretty big news especially because the state of 5g is very unclear i read an article that said the 5g was a no-go now uh dan saying he doesn't know whether it's going to happen or not uh, writers have not talked about it in a while. Uh, you know, it's it's been very unclear whether it's going or not. And with the uh, delaying of Free Comic Book Day, which was going to kick off 5G essentially with uh, the Generation Zero, and then it was eventually going to go to the Generation books, it it seems like it's nowhere in sight as of for the near future. So I, I don't know what's actually going to be happening with it, but it was uh, definitely interesting for Dan to speak out about this and uh, to try to clear it up. And I uh, respect him trying to clear it up as opposed to just letting it, you know, letting rumors get the best of us. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I think in the end, Dan Sorry. doesn't work for DC anymore, so he's kind of on the same page as we are. So he doesn't really know as much as he used to in a way. From now on, I feel like it's kind of Jim Lee kind of pulling the strings here where comics go. Was Dan yeah, for sure. Uh, they haven't made an official announcement yet, yeah, as far as yeah, I know. Okay, they haven't. Okay. Well, anyways, we're which is saying? weird because, like, they. I think the biggest thing, especially with uh, the deal leaving, is that I is that like uh, the other admin on our account, Brandon, always says that DC now is a ship without a captain, which I wholeheartedly agree with. And I think the first thing they need to do is like make a statement. But in terms of the five G thing. You're right, we really haven't heard much about it, because I think the last rumor that we heard was uh, Ethan Van Skyver talking about if 5G doesn't work, you know, AT&T might shut us down, da-da-da, whatever. Yeah, EBS is not someone you can, talk, you can listen to, uh, for real. <laughs> not at all. And so, like, I, and so I was really, and so, honestly, I never really gave 5G much thought, because I was like, I want to see, like, something actually, like, be said and thought out, but if they were moving forward with it in any full capacity or at least to the degree that we all thought that they were they definitely need to take this time to revamp rethink retool and make sure they get ahead of this instead of letting the narrative be uh taken by someone else yeah yeah i mean it's all up in the air right now we don't know for sure for sure 5g was originally supposed to kind of start with the fifth generation book for free comic book day but due to COVID, that was delayed, and now we don't even know that book's even going to come out. So, I feel like if they wanted to get rid of 5G, don't release that comic in the end. But we'll just have to wait and yeah, see. Yeah, essentially. Uh, next bit of news is some solicitations are slowly coming out for DC. I don't think the full September solicitations have been released yet. But one of the nah. ones that did come out was Suicide Squad number 9. 
And upon the cover is a Harley Quinn holding a very bloody Deadshot mask. And the solicitation is, This issue is the shocking death of Deadshot. The man who never misses has been in the front lines of Task Force X since its inception. Bomb in his neck, gun in his hand. He's seen teammates blow up and countries fall. He faced down heroes and villains alike. Now the Suicide Squad has one final mission. Bring down the man who enslaves them. Then put a bounty on their heads when they escaped. Ted Court. But to finish the job, the world's deadliest assassin will have to do one thing he's never done for a cause. Die. So, I wanted to briefly talk about this because it's saying Deadshot's dead. And usually when comic companies announce this character's going to die, they usually die. But also, usually comic covers can be misleading. I mean, just today, the Batman and the Outsiders cover is Batman jumping into enemy lines fighting people. And it says, no allies, no sidekicks, no mercy. There's not a single fight scene in that issue. So, sometimes covers are misleading. So, do you guys actually think Deadshot will die here? I actually will. Like, I'm not going to lie. I actually will. Because, um, I, because, one, Tom Taylor is just one of the boldest writers DC has that right now. And so, true. I feel like he's kind of, excuse my French, but I feel like he's just kind of, like, going to put his nuts on the table and just be like, hey, 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 hey. I'm going to kill Deadshot, like, one of the most marketable characters with this franchise. That's and a so, good point, because it is I think that he'll, Yeah, but I think that he'll do it in a way where, like, the ne- whole next arc is, like, them, like, possibly, like, going into, like, and running into Ra's al Ghul and them, like, having to use the Lazarus Pit to resurrect them. I think they'll, I think they'll somehow find a way to do it, but yet, you know, not make it, like, permanent. Yeah, yeah I'm... I'm I, I don't know. This, this is, like... I, I feel like when you put the death out there like that, like you kind of tease it ahead of time, it's more of just like kind of a sales marketing type tactic and that it's always going to be some kind of mislead. So I, I don't know. This, this is interesting. But at the same time, Taylor did say even from the beginning of Suicide Squad run, he's going to be taking chances and nothing's off the table. So I feel like the only character that he yeah. physically can't kill is Harley. But killing Deadshot, that seems like oh, it's very sure. possible. I feel like just Harley Quinn stays alive and you're good to write Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But by the way, Harley Quinn uh, dies, so does the back. Deadshot. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, next bit of news. I guess this is more of a timetable here. So, welcome to Hero Story. We're going to try to explain Death Metal to you. Oh, uh, just like 5G. Oh, but so Death Metal, the Metal sequel is coming out and Scott Snyder has posted his little timetable of when comics are coming out what tie-ins you need to get how many issues is death metal first off and how long it's going for so rather than that, i can answer how long it's going for that's the easy one starts in june with death metal issue one and it ends in february that's how long this event's going on for oh boy uh so i guess we'll try to break down this timetable so in june death metal number one that's easy enough. I mean, we don't know anything. In July, we have Death Metal number two. Exactly. Uh, I think and those so, are the so only that, two that, that's things. That's the easy part, right? Like the first two months, it's like, okay, Death Metal uh, 1 and Death Metal 2. And then from Death Metal 3, you kind of get spinoff series. Uh, the first is uh, Death Metal uh, the Legends of the Dark Knights, which is going to come uh, on August 4th. And then you got Death Metal uh, Metalverse Guidebook, which is going to come on August 18th. So... Uh, that that's where we kind of split. All right, but we're not in too many tie-ins just yet, right? There's only two tie-ins. But Is then we go into a bunch of different series. Yeah. So in, in no, September, but even still in August, we have Death Metal number three right in between uh, Legends of the Dark Knights and the Multiverse yeah, like, Guidebook. We have 
it's in August eleventh, Death Metal number three. Yeah. And and then after that, like in September, you don't even get a regular death metal issue. You just get the tie-ins. You get the multiverse and Trinity Crisis and Speed Metal, which the way they've all been pitched is that they're gonna be actual series, not just one shots. So oh, actually, how many I issues they'll that. go for? Yeah, that that's what when Scott uh, originally talked about death metal on that live stream or uh, Speed Metal rather on that live stream, he mentioned that like it was gonna be like he made it sound like it was gonna be like a series, but I'm assuming it'll be like a mini or something. But, yeah, uh, not long. but but yeah, so I, I uh, it's going to be written by Williamson. So I, I really don't think it's going to be a one shot. I think it could be anywhere between three and six issues. And same thing with the uh, with the multiverse uh, crisis. Um, I, I don't know. This, this is like a lot to unpack for like the first few issues. And uh, but then in October, you get right back on track with Death Metal 4. And like I said, I, I imagine while all this is happening, other things are coming out like uh for example, Scott put a bunch of arrows that have like specials, and uh, one of them's called Last Fifty Two. One of them's called Robin King, and there's like about five other arrows coming out of there. So I assume there's way more tie-ins. Uh, to but be announced yeah. throughout those months: October, November, December, and January. You get de- uh, Death Metal four, five, six, and seven, and uh, yeah, that's it, it. Ends with February being a question mark and an exclamation point, which I can only assume will be Scott's next thing because, well, we all know Scott Snyder doesn't exactly end stories; it's more of just builds into the next be thing. Continued, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, if we'll, it'll lead into an event, kind of like how uh, No Justice was kind of like the the bridge between Metal One and uh, Scott's Justice, Justice League. League. Yeah, I was gonna say. I feel like I feel like whatever. Sorry, but I feel like uh, after Death Metal number seven, that's when they'll probably relaunch uh, the Justice League with a new number one. So either that'll also happen in February too, or that'll happen in like March or something. I can yeah, even see I, them I doing a full on being relaunched. Yeah, they. I can see them doing a full on new status quo. So right now we're technically still in the rebirth era. I can see them doing the next status quo, reborn, whatever you want to call it. Pull a Marvel. Just do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All new, all different DC coming up. Uh, yeah, I, I can definitely <laughs> see a bunch of number ones coming out, um, especially with you know. Obviously, we know well, Williamson's Flash run is ending, so um, you know we'll lead into a new Flash writer. Uh, Superman could be winding down. And I guess that's our next piece of news, but not as quick as we're thinking. But a, a lot, of, a lot of series are going to be coming. So uh, yeah, this is a big time, and I guess Death Metal is the start of all of it. Oh God, spare us all. <laughs> Yeah, it seems to be longer, because <laughs> regular metal was six issues, so this is one more issue than regular metal. Looks like the same amount of tie-ins, but that's still a lot of tie-ins. Uh, going back real quick, since you are History of the Flash, Shady, oh, what do you think of oh Speed boy. Metal? Uh, speed Metal is... So So the way I, I always put down Flash content is, since the 2010s kind of got rid of the Flash family, whenever Flash fans get like the slightest crumb of Flash family, we eat it up and we're like, oh my god, this was a feast. So <laughs> now that we're actually getting a book that has Flash family members, it's like Thanksgiving dinner for us. Uh, it's it's quite crazy that, you know, we're actually seeing a book that has Wally, Jay, uh, eventually Bart, Barry, and who knows who else, uh, Wallace with the silver suit. So, so there's going to be a lot happening. So I'm hyped for Speed Metal just because I get to see characters interact that haven't interacted together in a long time. Yeah, and I, I trust Williamson with the Flash family. I, I truly do. I know, you know, Williamson has had his hits or misses with the Flash, generally speaking. But if you look at Perfect Storm, if you look at Flash Four, he does his best when he's writing multiple Flash characters because he's able to bounce Barry's personality off other people. 
even today's issue with more speedsters, which we'll get to in a bit, he, you could tell he's good with, with team-up looks in the end. So, that's always good. Uh, next yeah, bit of news sad. after that is, I guess you kind of mentioned it briefly, you kind of hinted at it. Bendis is leaving Superman. Kind of. Not really. He is, but not yet. So, during an interview with Bendis on a podcast, he did say that the, he's kind of ending his time with Superman soon. He's thought of his ending. He knows how he's going to end, and he's ready for it. Uh, obviously, articles went crazy with this news, being like, oh, he's leaving Superman, and who do you think will be writing Superman next? Will Tomasi return? Blah, blah, blah. Then Bendis went on tweeting saying what he said wasn't worth an article, because while, yes, he will end a Superman story eventually, it's not happening anytime soon. He says it's way in the distant future and not to really yeah, worry so, about so, it right now. So essentially it sounds like Bendis is telling us like, yeah, I have, you know, kind of my full story planned out. I know like how it's going to end, but, you know, I'm not getting there just yet. And I mean, that, that made sense. Like when I saw the headlines at first of like Bendis is getting off Superman, I was like, what? No way. Like he's only, what, 25 issues in? I was like, yeah. there's no way he's going to, like, reveal the secret identity and just be like, all right, I'm out. You know, like, that, that seemed way too quick. So I think that makes sense. I know uh, some people theorize, like, oh, he'll do 50 issues or he'll do, you know, 45 issues or whatever. I, I think that's about right. I think he might end on 50 or something like that. Oh, is that your final final number right there? Do you want to make a little bet that, 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 That'll be my final guess. I, uh, I'm going to go with 50 issues for Bendis. I think he's halfway through. Okay, yeah. I was you want to know what my final guess will be? Yeah, what is well, it? What's your final guess? My final guess will be 75. 75? Really? Okay. okay. You gotta remember, you gotta remember, this man has broken records, 111 issues on Ultimate Spider-Man. That's true. You yeah. gotta remember, it's he, either 111 or 112. But he has the longest I, run I think he, in a superhero comic of all time with Ultimate Spider-Man. It went on from 2001 yo, to 2000, no, 2000 to 2011, I believe. 11 years. Yeah, it did. So, yeah, he, he does have the world record there. And y'all thought that Dan Slotts was along. <laughs> the thing is though like he does do long stories like he his daredevil yeah. run is also like what six years five years somewhere around there somewhere around yeah, yeah, five somewhere or six there. i think it's something like that i, I probably i might have said it wrong call like reverse gonna kill me here <laughs> it's, it, it's around there <laughs> harper please harper please bear her hunter he doesn't deserve it i'm sorry I'm, uh, but i think on my head <laughs> <laughs> but if it's not 75 it'll be like I feel like the lowest. I feel like the lowest I'll go from my original bet is like sixty. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I feel like fifty issues is kind of just like a round number. Like I feel like whatever he's gonna end on is gonna be a round number. So uh, I, I I'm feeling fifty. I I think you know say he's halfway through his run sounds about right. And uh, yeah, I think he's gonna take Superman to where wherever he's gonna leave him off. It's gonna be like ready to go for the next one. Like kind of where he left it of like you know the identities revealed. John's over. You're up next. Like this is the new Superman. Yeah. So. Well, we'll see. I, I'm wondering who will even take over Superman. I mean, it's such a big book to take over. So, and even then, like, like you said, he he does have long runs, but in the end, he's 25 issues in, which doesn't seem like a lot, but he's also been on for two years. So very that, true. That has been quite a while. I feel like he won't be on as long as Ultimate Spider-Man, even Daredevil for however many years and, he's been. On. And and he's also been writing like six books at once. I mean, the man stays busy. So yeah. So that that, is also that, that's true. another thing, right? I forgot to say. So although he says this time of Superman's over, which also could probably imply action comics, chances are he still will be writing Young Justice and Legion of Superheroes, which are his other two main books going on. Naomi, if he brings that back. and So even though he's off Superman, that doesn't mean he's not 
gonna stop writing comics. I feel like that man is not near retirement soon. So oh, not at all. He, he I feel like he's ideas. got his second wind. Yeah, exactly. And Bendis, he can be a hit or miss. I just hope if he's off Superman, maybe stays on a little bit less books and focuses on them to make another fantastic story. I mean, he's his Ultimate Spider-Man's amazing. He created Miles Morales. His Daredevil run is fantastic. So Bendis has been good. It's just sometimes he's a little busy and it's hard to focus on so many stories at once. So yeah, but let's not make it seem like Bendis hasn't had some hits while he's at DC. His Naomi, let's let's like come on, let's give it up. Just got nominated for Eisner. His Naomi oh, is right. great. Yeah, his Naomi did. Oh, you read his Naomi? Oh, you read his. Bro, I'm in love with Naomi McDuffie, man. Like that no, is no, a character. I, I feel like nobody could even get their hands on it. I mean, that was flying off the shelves. I literally like never even saw it in the comic shops. I've got issues one, six, and the trade. Oh, you got the trade. Wow. How is issue, it? I think issue like, one is gonna drive up the value someday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, issue one's definitely uh, issue one's definitely got a little bit of a value thing going on for it. But yeah, man, I think Naomi McDuffie's definitely gonna be one of those characters where like she's gonna be the future of DC. Really? So, yeah, like I will, like I'll put money on that, man. I will, not my life savings, but I'll put money on it. Interesting. All right. Well, <laughs> and you said like her her original run was really good. Yeah, that first season, man, it's super dope. Uh, whenever him and David F. Walker link up, it's beautiful. Plus Jamal Campbell's art, it's a nice perfect combination i feel like this is really bendis tapping in with the fact that he's so good at like doing these useful stories and it very much kind of has that same vibe as uh when he first did miles morales i feel like his i feel like his near-death experience gave him new life which hence why i said earlier that i feel like he's just in his like second round and he caught his second like breath of fresh air and so i feel like this was just him like going so like push not necessarily pushing the envelope because there's not necessarily like much new about it but it's definitely one of those things where it feels like that old era okay interesting i just looked it up uh naomi number one is going for around 40 dollars right now so that's a lot wow. for a comic that's pretty new yeah all right well that's the news of the week unless there's anything else you guys want to add on or do you want to just go straight to the comics uh, that, that's uh all i got um tom taylor as Con tom taylor on constantine Oh, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Uh, that yeah, that's gonna be a black label. Uh, Constantine uh, Tom Taylor. That's uh, that that's interesting. Uh, Tom Taylor's a good writer. He's been taking on a lot, uh, and it's yeah. I'm, I'm curious what he's gonna do with Constantine. It's and gonna with, be uh three issues. It's gonna be three issues, black label, like you said, and it's got the artist from the boys, Derek Robertson. Oh, that's oh. cool. On it, so. It's definitely gonna be gory because <laughs> yeah. that's what he does best. Yeah, it and is black label, so it's, it's gonna be dark for sure. And so one of the and so the premise is basically people are flying. And so basically, is that people with wings are dying. So essentially, angels, but it doesn't say so in the solicit. Last time I checked, and mm -hmm. so he's teaming up with his childhood friend, who's a cop, to help track this down, to help track it down and figure it out. But I think it's going to be super dope because we've seen, we know that John Constantine is going to be in DC's 2, Dead Planet. And also, he, Tom Taylor did a really good job with Constantine when he was in Injustice. So, oh, I trust yeah, him. Point, and also, yeah. Tom Taylor is just dope overall. He's a great writer. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah Tom Taylor is definitely uh, a good writer. So, yeah, that should be interesting. I'll probably pick um, it up, yeah. actually. Yeah, I think I'm looking yeah. forward to this. I'll probably pick it up. 
for sure. Yeah, the, I, I think that's one of the best things about Black Label, that you can have a book that only goes for three issues. Like, it, it's very easy to be like, yeah, I'll give it a try. You know, it's only three issues, so. Yeah, I'll definitely yeah. pick it up. It's a nice little in and out. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's uh, that, that's the news of the week. Uh, I'm very excited to get to the comics of the week. Now, the first one I want to start with, I know I'm going to hijack the podcast here because I feel like I have to. Because uh, we're talking about Flash, so the history of the Flash has to hijack. Uh, but anyway, the Flash, number 755. Wow. wow. That, that issue, yeah. like... Like, like, so the whole way there, I'm, I'm, I'm going straight into it. The whole way there, I'm like, okay, this is a pretty good issue. You know, it's a nice wrap up to the paradox story. Okay, Barry's doing something good. It's a hopeful guy. Then Eobard Thawne pops up and just does the most Eobard Thawne thing ever and snaps Godspeed's neck. I was like, huh? Like, like, it's literally, like, I, like I was flipping the pages. Right, I was like, oh, that was, that was, a, that was a really good wrap up. And then it's uh, Eobard and, and August next to each other, and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. And then I turned the page, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, a literal double take. And I was like, did I read this right? And my like, jaw dropped. Bro. Bro. I was so heated, yo. I was so heated He's over dead. that. So, like, I mean. My mans. I don't like Godspeed. I don't think that's a secret or anything. I'm not a Godspeed fan. <laughs> and I think JD isn't either. Like, we've been pretty vocal from the start of Williamson's run. Like, Godspeed, he, people like him because of his look. And he does have a cool suit. But he's not a good character. He's not. I mean, he, he's predictable. He's slow. He's not that powerful like people think he is. But in the end, Williamson has written him very well in this arc. You know, he's playing the pawn of Paradox. He's this character that... He's kind of just there. He doesn't feel like he's supposed to be there. And I like that. He's the black sheep of these of this fight scene. And then the ending yeah. happens. The ending. And it's not just Eobar snapping his neck. It's what he says. Uh, Godspeed goes to ask him, like, hey, you, you've you read your entire history. You know everything since you're from the future. Who killed my brother? And Eobar says, I killed your brother. So does that mean that Eobar created Godspeed? He went in time. Um, that's not essentially yes yeah. yeah that's what i would take it as so i mean he killed godspeed in front of barry so he created this friend this character that was supposed to be an enemy to barry that slowly becomes his friend just to murder him in front of him like that's genius that's genius. i mean do, do you remember in in last issue or uh, it's either one or two issues ago and i posted about this uh barry's talking about what happened with hunter zolomon and he says Eobard has done more than just in my life. He's also impacted people that I, uh, people around me's life, and they were they showed Hunter. Now I made a post about this, and I was like, I think this means more than just one line. Like this panel is very interesting to me. I think if anything, they could possibly use this to kind of retcon Heroes in Crisis. You make Eobard responsible for Wally's biggest mishap. I don't know how popular it would be, but I'm like, they kind of put it on the table. What I didn't think of is, oh wait, you can make him Godspeed's brother's killer, which has kind of been the Overling, overlingering mystery of Flash Rebirth. So uh, I was, I was thinking in the in the right area, but not in the right direction there. So uh, it was, it was definitely it. interesting. It definitely caught me by surprise. I've, I've actually come to appreciate the way uh, Williamson writes Eobard because he kind of mixes the Mark Wade version of Eobard Thon, which is I'm the obsessed fanboy who can never be what I want to be, and the Jeff Johns version of Eobard Thon, who is just like the 
you know, sick psycho killer who is willing to do whatever it takes to mess up the Flash's life. So when you mix both of those together, I feel like you get Williamson's reverse Flash, who is ultimately way obsessed with Barry and is the biggest fanboy. And I'm also going to mess with your life because I'm so obsessed and you won't let me into your life. And I think that makes for a very interesting Eobard. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, he smiles after and then he just runs away. He smiles at Barry, punches him in the face, then just runs away. (laughs) Like, that was just the most messed up thing. It was just like, you just go, like, murder and then dip? Like... Like, I, in, in, in the post I made today, or yesterday, I guess, if you're listening to this tomorrow, this time is weird, Inception. Uh, but if, <laughs> if my recent post about the, uh, about the Flash 755, I said, like, the power of, of Barry Allen's hope, right? And it's like, Eobard decides, you know what, I'm not going to kill Paradox. And I thought that was a really powerful moment, right? He has the hand vibrating. He's right behind uh, Paradox before he, like, when he's still just a human. And he, and he literally says, as his hand's on the shoulder, what would Flash do? And he decides that he's not going to kill him. And he even says, you're welcome, Paradox. I give you the gift of life with your family. Use it well. And I, and I kept thinking, like, wow, that was a really great Eobard moment that really shows how powerful Barry's actions are. That no matter how sick and twisted Eobard is, even a guy like Barry's hope can work for him. And I'm like, that's why Barry's the Blue Lantern. That's why, you know, he's this great, hopeful character. That is exactly what Barry Allen is. I was like, this is some of Williamson's best writing. And, and all that was happening there was Williamson lulling us into the false sense of security and being like, oh, yeah, yeah, Eobard's the good guy. Boom, next page, next snap. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's clever. It's brilliant to me. I, I really thought that was well written. I mean, maybe I'm looking too deep into it, but I thought you're not, that was really well done. No, I, I, the way you're talking about that just makes me understand it way more, too. You're right. He was slowly becoming the good yeah. guy, and that was Williamson writing it to kind of keep us off our guard. So then when you flip the page, I was not expecting that next snap at all. Like, I, I, I did the I biggest know. double take. I was like, are you kidding me? That is insane. And at first I hated it, but now I totally get it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, and it especially, so much. especially since uh, it looked like August was about to join the side of the Angels too. And that the fact of just like, he, he was like, yo, Eobard, like I get it sometimes like, being next to Barry, it's kind of like overwhelming and all that. But he also has an influence on you, and then all of a sudden you just see Ebard go, "Yeah, you may be one for the side of the angels, but me not necessarily." Like, but but, but, I, but I also thought that was a really interesting conversation watching them talk to each other because uh, they're kind of two sides of the same coin. Of you know, I'm never gonna live up to what the Flash sets for everyone, right? And this plays back into the hopefulness of Barry Allen of. And this is kind of like the way Mark Wade used to write Barry Allen is like Saint Barry Allen. No one could no be one. Barry Allen. So, so when you try to live up to that, what is what does that failure do to you? What what does it do to Godspeed, and what does it do to Eobard Thawne? Obviously, it has two different effects. For Godspeed, it makes him want to be a better man. For Eobard, it makes him want to want to you know be the best version of himself, which is a twisted version of himself, but the best version of himself nonetheless. So, so I, I think that's such an interesting way to write Barry. Like I'm. I, I really respect what Williamson did here. I think this, like, you know, this only works on the back of his run. So, you know, the, writing The Flash since 2016, he's been kind of planting the seeds along the way, whether it was lightning strikes twice or running scared. And at the time, it kind of seemed like a bumpy road, but I feel like it's finally coming full circle and it makes sense. Yeah, I feel no, like... Definitely. That's a good point. I feel like where Tom... I feel like with Tom King with his Batman run tried to do where he tries to make this overarching you know run where everything kind of connects in its own little way 
in those same pieces where uh where he probably you could say like he took a misstep i feel like that's where williamson kind of filled it in yeah oh, yeah i i agree like like you know the way he wrote august throughout each arc you know august appears in lightning strikes twice he's a full villain august appears in uh that uh the Perfect cold day in hell arc whatever it was called the rogue oh, yeah. one where he's in prison yeah. he wants to be a little bit of a better man but he still has a twisted morality perfect storm he definitely has the twisted morality but he's being more of a hero like you're really building godspeed like full circle to get to where he was here where he's like i want to live up to that statue you know and and, and that's a great thing to follow. Like, I want to follow almost like the legacy of The Flash. And I'm like, wow, this is what The Flash is all about. Like, over those few pages, I'm like, Williamson really gets The Flash. Like, I, I've always given him credit because his Flash knowledge is amazing. But here, he's really showcasing it. And I, I think that next snap was just, it was brutal. And it was exactly what this comic needed. Honestly, this is, and I can't believe I'm going to say this in a week where Daredevil came out. This is my favorite comic of the week. I know, I, I know, I'm, I know. That's a crazy thing to say because Daredevil was amazing, but I really enjoyed this issue. I think I'm with you. Not my that. favorite of the week, but definitely my most surprising. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I was just the biggest I, shock. I, I was shook. I want to read this. Comment. Like this one gave more. Oh, this one gave more of a shock. Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, this one gave more of a shock to me than uh, Suicide Squad number five did. Whenever that came out, and we found out that Ted Cord was running the Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's even a big shock here. Uh. Speaking, going with the the whole Godspeed as a character alone, I want to read this comment I saw in a, a discussion thread during this. It's by the username Traduced on Reddit, but he basically says how he, he explains how he doesn't like Godspeed either until this moment. And to quote him, he says, "It all led up to this moment. This moment where August's entire existence is just another hilarious conjuration of Thon's twisted mind, so that he could give Barry a best friend who never existed, just so that he could kill him after Barry was forced to team up with Thon. It was all just for that, and that's good writing to me. That's like fixing a character that not many comic fans liked into someone from just his death makes him more enjoyable. Rest in peace, Godspeed. I don't see you returning. Yeah, and, and 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 the entire time I kept thinking like, oh, Godspeed's not really dead. It's gonna be some kind of speed clone. It's gonna be some kind of you know fake out. But now it's got me thinking like that was kind of the way you had to end him. Everything's a pawn in Ebard's game, in Ebard's twisted game of chess, but Ebard's game nonetheless. So whew, this was this was a heavy issue. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too deep into it, but I feel like this is like the buildup of you know 90 issues right here. Absolutely. No, this was definitely one way a denser I could see Godspeed returning, and that's let's say he returns seven years from now. We're reading a Flash comic, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you see Godspeed appear on the treadmill, chained to it with Paradox. What if, when he was traveling in time with Paradox, he went to the future at one point? I think that would be interesting. Oh, I I, I could definitely see them doing Ooh. something like that. Because I mean, the idea that Paradox is creating so many different timelines with so many different versions of himself and through that so many different versions of godspeed i think there's definitely outs to bring him back but the way they kind of did this issue they can leave him gone for a while kind of like how they've been handling daniel west for now where daniel west had a meaningful death and then was gone and he's still been gone i i think they've been you know done enough of a slow burn there that now people are interested to see him back and i think you could see the same thing with godspeed so absolutely kudos to williamson honestly i really loved this comic I, I, I would give it like a 9.5 out of 10. Like, I, I really, really enjoyed it. I gave it like 10. Yeah. I don't see any flaws. Like, honestly. I, 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 I almost wanted to say 10, but I don't know if I'm quite there. But it was it was really good. I, I might be there. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Just I'm 10. on the 9.5 <laughs> scale just because I don't... Just because, like, a 10, a perfect comic for me is kind of like... It's one of those where it's like, you definitely gotta, like, do something, do something. Like, I get it. 
Like I get it, but like it's it uh, it's not ten level. It it's, it possibly just might be me like not willing to give it up that to give it that ten yet. But yeah. But I let me ask them. you something, uh, JD. Yeah. Is um Daniel West confirmed for the next arc? He's not, but it feels like he pretty much is. So when we talked to Williamson back in 2018, I asked him about Daniel West and, you know, what's the moves with him? Like, do you know, do you think you could be bringing him back? And he, you know, mentioned that it, it is something that he's thought about and considered. And, you know, it, it, he made it sound like it was going to be part of his grand story. Now, whereas we're gotcha. pushing the end of his run, it's kind of just like, hmm, he still doesn't pop back up. But if you're doing the Flash family versus the reverse Flash family, where Reverse Flash is going to be making his own family, it almost seems like the perfect place to put Daniel, especially if yeah. Wallace is going to be in the book. Now you could have the father-son, which you were building to earlier in the book. So I, I think if it is going to happen, it's going to happen this upcoming arc. Definitely. I just wanted to make sure because I was like, I could kind of, I could definitely kind of see, I could definitely kind of see Daniel West. Uh, Shifting some things around and possibly shifting up the dynamic of where they set things going. Yeah, I feel like yeah. if anything, he might end up being the wild card that everyone just kind of forgot about. Either him or Bart. Yeah, well, well, I th I think that uh, my guess is that if Eobard does get Daniel on his side, Daniel's gonna be the wild card in the sense of like he's gonna maybe start in the Reverse Flash family, but I think he's gonna betray the Reverse Flash family because. If you remember at his death in the new Suicide Squad, he kind of ended it on a hero's note, apologetic yes. for what happened. And I, and I think seeing his own son as a speedster will allow him to kind of be like, I'm, I need to be more than what I am. And being the reverse Flash is not it. You know, I, yeah. I have a son that I want to look up to me. And, you know, I want to be there for Wallace. So I can't be with the reverse Flash family. And I think if, if done right, Williamson has the chance to tell a very powerful father-son story. Yeah, I definitely see that. We're so, getting a lot of father-son stories in comics, man. Like it's, it's, Venom, it's, it's, I... it's a very good trope. I mean, it it is like you know, there's a lot to do there, and there's a lot of you know, people who can relate to that that have you know various versions of father issues where you know it's it, it makes for good content. Oh yeah, I got nothing but daddy issues, so I definitely relate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what comic do you guys um, want to do next? Well, I, well, I was thinking Daredevil, if that's okay, just because I thought yeah. this was, you know, I, I want to keep it rolling with these bangers of issues. This was a great issue. Um, first I of all, this. how nice was it? To it was so good. Daredevil issue in your hand again. Like I went to the shop and I kind of forgot Daredevil was coming out this week. I know we had messaged about it, but like it was kind of in the back of my mind. So when I walked into the shop and I saw Daredevil, I was like, oh my god, there it that is. beautiful cover, by the way, too, with Matt and Kingpin there, which ended up oh playing really cool god. for the story. But just holding it in my hand again, I was like, yes, this is the best ongoing comic to me. I don't, you know, anyone else can say Immortal Hulk, that's fine. You know, whatever your opinion is on the best comic, to me, this is the best comic right here. And I I agree, and even then, it's been. We haven't had a Daredevil comic since what, beginning of March, due to quarantine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Due, due to there. COVID, yeah, we haven't had it so long. And granted, I've been spoiling myself since quarantine started. I've been reading like every Daredevil comic out there. I've been yeah, like, didn't you get like Frank Miller's uh got, and some Stan Lee Daredevil? I got all Stan Lee's run, Frank Miller's run, Bendis's run. So I've been, I've been Kevin Smith's story. I got Loeb. Uh, I've been reading a lot of Daredevil basically. So every single day, Kevin Smith is an day. underrated Daredevil writer. He is. He he only did one story, but it's fantastic, Guardian Devil. Yeah. But, like I've been reading Daredevil pretty much every single day since comics stopped coming out. But going back to Zdarsky, honestly, he might be uh, maybe not yet, but I think he has potential to be the best Daredevil writer for me personally. Agreed. 
His I could see that writing is fantastic. He he does something that pretty much every Daredevil writer likes to do: just destroy Matt Murdock, beat him up, you know, make him depressed, <laughs> beat him up mentally and physically. And that's what he does. I mean, Zdarsky he made Matt depressed. He made him like all bloody. He made him brutal. But just seeing this redemption of Matt putting on the Daredevil mask again, getting the baton for Foggy, it's just oh, I miss this so much. It was so definitely good. the return of our favorite, you know, swashbuckler. I think is what they called him back in the day. Yeah, yeah, the guys, <laughs> the guys point. that are just not bloody and uh, bruised from the fights. Yeah, this is. Uh... This is uh this this was like another like you know Zdarsky like kind of picked it up back up and I was like I wonder if it's gonna lose the momentum it had because part of what its momentum was was you didn't know what week it was coming out it was it wasn't biweekly and it wasn't uh monthly it was more of just like it, it came out when it came out you know they would do like yeah. eighteen issues a year so it'd be very random and I think that was part of its charm so I'm like oh man is it gonna lose its you know flow where it was especially because this was a two-part arc and i'm like you know we only got part one uh, i was put to rest by like the second page i was like nope we're, we're back where we need to be uh, can we th- talk th- about how fire for a subtitle it was oh like so that- bro sometimes you just gotta pick up your fists and fight i knew from jump that it was gonna be a great issue like but even then at the end of this was- issue end of the arc but it led to something so interesting daredevil turning himself in also speaking of uh we don't know when it's coming out so the last page it shows the cover of the next issue which is daredevil in the new suit it says on sale may 6 2020 uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh-oh so i guess we really don't know when. oh how funny right now. we have yeah. no idea when it's coming but yeah, yeah this whole I, they need like updated presentations, but uh, you know, um, between the next issue where he's back in the red suit and the uh, I don't know, if, like I, I mentioned it on last week's podcast with the yellow the with the yellow suit with like the boxing outfit. You remember? I don't know if you saw that uh, kid where it's the uh, it, it's I don't know if it's like an annual or like a Daredevil special. Chipped oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's supposed to come out soon as well, and that's supposed to set up a lot of Daredevil stuff. So, like, there's so much content to be covered, and I'm I'm here for it. I'm ready. Man, if deep, deep, yeah, like, man, like, I'm definitely ready. Would you guys be okay if Matt actually went back to the yellow suit? I, I, yeah. I think it's, I think it's tough to make it look, you know, like Good. intimidating. Because it's <laughs> yellow, like, I, I, it's so hard to make it look tough. You know, it's a very '60s thing. If they could somehow implement like, like how the Chip Zdarsky cover looked with like kind of like the boxing look to it, I think maybe it could work. But I, I don't know. I don't know if they'd you know change all that. But I'm, I'm interested. I'm here for it. I, I think yeah, for the red for, for sure, but you know how back then, like, the yellow suit, it's made of cloth, I believe. But if they have it kind of like, if you look at, like, the last page of this book and you see the cover for the next issue, how the, the it's not really a mask of the devil, it's more of like a, it has armor in there, like protection, there's a bit of a shine to it. If that was yellow, mm-hmm. I think that yellow. might work a little bit. I don't know, though. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you won't uh, go back yeah, to Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I w- I was thinking, like, if the yellow suit was armored, then it would be totally cool. Because you're right. Like, the fact that it's armored is not really intimidating. And that's one of the things Daredevil has to be. But I feel like if it was definitely, like, armored... I feel like it was definitely armored up. It would help, like, not make it feel so flimsy, if that makes any sense. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, I don't think you will go back to yellow. I'd just be curious if you ever did go back to yellow. I feel like it could kind of work, maybe. But, I'm ha- I mean, again, we haven't seen Daredevil in the yeah, suit for, like over a year now in real life here so i'm excited to see him go back to the red suit i missed so it. am i for sure 10 <laughs> oh also uh shout out to the fact that daredevil just got nominated for eisner again 
Yeah, yeah, oh, we yeah. mentioned that on last week's episode. I really hope it wins because to me it really is like the best ongoing title. And uh, I, I really hope the cover artist wins because those cover arts, I mean, have been li- literal like belong in museum type art. Like it's been so good. So, it can win the cover art category for me, but for best ongoing series, I think that's got to be Bitterroot. Like, we can debate about that later, but... <laughs> listen, gotta, listen, yeah. listen that's, that, that's fair. Daredevil's got a very special place in my heart right now. Like, it's it's it, it feels like I'm reading history in the sense that, like, you know, you look back at all these famous runs and it's like, well, yeah, I didn't, I, you know, I read it in trade because, you know, it, it wasn't going on while I was reading comics, so... To have, like, what I feel is going to be a historic run one day going on while I'm reading it is just, like monumental to me oh yeah it's like if we were yeah, around I for like dixon's nightwing reading that week to week for right now yeah, exactly. around for Zdarsky yeah. Zdarsky. oh that's a good point that's a good way of thinking at it what do you guys think of the ending uh daredevil saying that he's gonna turn himself in i'm i'm very interested what it's gonna lead to especially with you know him kind of teaming up with kingpin a little bit um and, and, and i love the way they teamed up where it's you know we still don't like each other but this is our city so I really like that. Um, but I, I wonder if Kingpin's going to show him some kind of mercy as, you know, the mayor can kind of show some kind of mercy for, you know, a big case like Daredevil. Uh, I, I think there might be some kind of play in there. Oh, oh you're fake. So you're thinking of like a pardon type situation? Yeah, I don't know if it'll be a pardon of some kind, but I feel like Kingpin's not going to let him go down, if that makes sense. Like, oh, I got we you. love our heroes in New York and just like Daredevil and kind of like pat him on the back a little too hard, though. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like Matt kind of wants to go to prison though because he's guilty. He did kill somebody by accident, so that's that's why he's yeah he wants to atone. He well, I I've always said that if you know something like the trial of the Flash can be done today, like the trial of the Flash is an interesting concept, but given that it was done in you know the eighties, it just wasn't able to be executed so the way it could be today. If Zdarsky could tell an amazing Daredevil in prison story, I'm here for it. I mean, hey man, yeah. I feel like every superhero at once has tried to have their orange in the new black moment. At least every like street level hero. <laughs> yeah, for street level for sure. For We've level. seen a lot of these heroes in prison before, so I could see him going in, but maybe getting out right away. If anything, he's I mean, not going to yeah. be in jail for long. Like Steve Rogers, he went to jail in the current Captain America run going on, and he was in there. He for was two out issues. in like three issues. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but he broke out of prison though. I can't see Matt doing that because of the law. But Steve straight up, like, he ran. <laughs> he was out. He did, he did not like that prison food. He just booked it. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Tanahasi Coates, though. He's been doing pretty well on the Captain America book. Yeah, he says his ups and downs, but right now I'm enjoying it quite a bit. I, yeah. I really did love his first arc. I, he kind of lost me along the way, but that first arc I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, I guess uh, you but, guys want to go to Batman next, or should we briefly just say Joker came out? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I, I want to know if you guys want to talk about Joker since that was kind of like a big issue. Yeah, it came out. Uh, uh, I'm Joker down to talk about it. Anniversary. Kid and I read it. JD didn't because JD hates the Joker, apparently. Not true. <laughs> My cop didn't have it. I would have read it. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Uh, so one thing that I liked about the issue was after every little story going on. So for those who don't know, this is the same thing as... Detective Comics 1000, Action 1000, Flash 750. It's just a ton of different Batman writers came together and they wrote mini stories about like six pages each of Joker. And it's just a bunch of writers and artists on this book together. None of these are necessarily like happening at the moment. But between each one, there is a they go over Joker's most famous covers, which I thought was nice. You go over like the Killing Joke cover, uh, Death, Death of the Family, Death in the Family. Just a few different covers here and there, which I thought was nice. Uh, kid, what story did you like? Okay. <laughs> this. 
Oh man. <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Anyone that uh watched our live stream on our page last week, again, if you don't follow it, it's at Comics King Comics with an X. So go follow it and peep that wrap up. But is said like I don't like the Paul Dini stories at all, but Paul Dini's in this one actually really surprised me with how cool it was, and also the James Tinian story with Punchline's origin was really surprising. But now it was really surprising and really good. But now has me questioning some things about the character. Cause how old is she? Uh, she's college age, it seems, because it's in college. So yeah, I guess JD doesn't know it's, about this. So we'll we'll kind of recap her origin here. JD, do you know anything about Punchline's origin? No, no, I I haven't even seen any Instagram posts about it. Yeah, because no, well, I guess a lot of people just kind of brush by it. So it's basically, it's basically uh, so it's a place called Snyder College, literally. Uh, it's forty miles obvious, north of Gotham. Obvious reference. Yeah, and basically, uh, since there's a lot of bad things happening in the world, they decide to have a day every year where uh, students can celebrate their favorite heroes. So you see people walking around with Green Lantern shirts, Flash shirts, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, just wearing shirts of their favorite superheroes. And we go to a dorm room where a counselor is talking to Punchline about, uh, I don't know if she, they say your actual name in this at all. They don't. That. Yeah. But they're talking about how her favorite hero is a little provocative and she's wearing a shirt with the Joker on it. So obviously Joker being super villain that murders people, that's a little provocative. And the whole time she's smoking. I feel like it's a vape, though. It's not an actual cigarette because she eventually they're arguing over how she likes the Joker, but like, and that she's allowed to represent that. Like, it's 2020. I could do what I want. And she ends up blowing the smoke <laughs> into the counselor's face and he starts laughing. So the smoke was Joker's laxative toxin. And he's trying to say in between breaths, like, what did you do? And she says, I got the recipe from the internet. I don't know if it's actually going to work, but you wouldn't believe how many chemicals it took. And she starts saying how she's a fan of Joker and how she wants to be like him. And this is like, she's she, she should be honored because this is her first kill. And as she's talking, she's doing her makeup. She's putting on the punchline outfits. And uh, he starts laughing. As he's laughing, it's just like, you just because you're a fan, like there's a lot of people fans of these super villains, like he might not even notice you. And that's where Punchline says, oh, I have proof already. And she opens her closet, and Joker was just watching this in her closet. Like, Joker's already met her. And uh, Joker says, basically, he goes, like, okay, you're in. Like, Yeah. I don't know if you... I don't, like... When I was reading that part, this was the part that really, uh... This was something interesting that just came up. Uh, this might be a little funny to y'all, but I don't know if y'all have seen that that '70s show. But yeah. when he came out of the closet, it reminds me of Fez coming out of Donna's closet, and oh, I God. was just died of laughter at that. Oh, I need I need to see like a side by side post of that. <laughs> oh my God! He's just grinning as it comes out. But yeah, that's Punchline's yeah. origin. They really made it the exact opposite of what Harley Quinn was. She did. She wasn't forced or manipulated into loving Joker. She already did love Joker. Uh, she's not a nurse. She's in school to for uh, as a chemist, I believe. But she's learning about chemistry in school. Uh, so she's yeah. basically because she, she wants, says she has a good teacher. Yeah, she's not forced to be with Joker. She wants to be with Joker. They really pushed her to be like the exact opposite of Harley Quinn, and maybe she'll last. Maybe she'll be here a while. Maybe she'll just be a one-off character. We don't know for sure. But she's really popular so far. And yeah, that was her basic origin. The rest of the Joker comic, I mean, there are little stories here and there. None of them really impressed me. Scott Snyder's actually did. He's a, he was the first. Yeah, Scott Snyder's in Jocks. Yeah. It, it, it was the first. He was, uh, this was really the, dark. 
it was we're talking about the one with the rose right yep exactly so yeah okay yeah it's about this uh cop who was hit with joker's toxins and joker got away but he was still hit with it so they kind of they put him on leave to be like hey you need to get better you're sick right now here's wear this mask to like force the laughter to go away and when you're ready come back on and he's just talking to his commissioner the whole time it's not gordon it's just a one-off commissioner but the for in a nutshell the commissioner tells a story how he had this rose as a kid made of different like types of meat and he didn't like it because it looked like his brother played a joke on him saying it was human meat and didn't like that and then eventually he goes home and that flower is on his desk but it's actual human meat this time and he's like oh who's there i don't know who's there and then the flower spurts out uh that gas that or not gas acid and his face starts to melt and he drops on the floor and turns and looks under his bed and joker's right there smiling at him so quit the horror story <laughs> snyder snyder you have three kids like what are you doing but yeah but he also writes american vampires so let's think about it real quick yeah he's, it's a strange life that that man lives i gotta respect him <laughs> so that i mean joker's idiot I wasn't shocked. I wasn't amazed or anything. It's better than some of the anniversary issues that have come out within the past few years, but it, it's worse than some as well. I put it in the middle. The, the most surprising thing about this issue, in my opinion, for me was, I think you actually pointed this out to me, Hunter, was that excuse me, most of these uh, sequences and stories were all dream sequences. Yeah. Like 99% of them were. Most of them started or ended with Joker waking up or there's one where if Batman died, or there's one if Joker was Batman, and they're all dream sequences for the most part. So it's really like, I feel like DC may have told him like, hey, we're writing Joker War pretty quick here. We're writing actual Joker story. So if you're gonna write a story, do literally whatever you want. Just end it with him waking up. So <laughs> that's what I kind of felt like they were doing there. A lot of dream sequences, a lot of non-canon things. So you know, in the end, it's I. Yeah. You want to talk about batman now jd you read batman right yeah yeah batman was um i, I don't know it, it's kind of how i felt after every tinny and batman issue so far it's kind of just like okay it's like another batman issue um i actually think probably the highlight of this issue was harley quinn meeting uh punchline just because it was kind of anticipated since punchline has been introduced mm-hmm. um I, I thought they had some uh interesting interactions it, it felt very uh margot robbie harley quinn <laughs> like the uh yeah. oh, i'm gonna buy you a frozen margarita and we'll get to chat girl girl after you have a long shower cry and it's like but yeah, right now I- i'm gonna beat you with a hammer <laughs> yeah it's like i could hear margot robbie saying this so it uh, is yeah I-, I don't know it's you know it-, it was an okay issue um it-, it feels like tinian's kind of just keeps building building and building um so i'm um, i'm curious to see what it all leads to obviously you know joker war will be coming up and hopefully that li- lives up to the hype because i don't know so far i'm kind of just like hey eh. you know i'm looking forward to it because of the art yeah, I'm, i mean I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to it but at the same time it's kind of just like you know what is it gonna be but uh, but either way yeah this issue was kind of just like you know it's another batman issue it's another decent issue and uh yeah the cover is really cool yeah, yeah. i the mean the most interesting part about this sorry about that go ahead oh i was gonna say besides the uh uh, Harley Quinn talking to Punchline. I did enjoy just a couple little lines of Deathstrokecat talking to Batman in the background of all things when Batman's taking mm-hmm. on Riddler. She's like, "Wow, you do this every night? Are you kidding me? Like every <laughs> damn night? Like he's just kind of making comments in the background." And it's something that it's interesting. Like the world's greatest detective and the world's greatest assassin have such good chemistry together that I would love just like a storyline just 
those two working together. It's nice. But yeah, yeah, where he's, yeah, yeah, that was the best part. Uh, that was the best part about that about this issue to me was uh, Deathstroke and Batman's uh, chemistry because Deathstroke was literally just like, "Why do people even still live here?" <laughs> Gotham. He's just so confused. <laughs> he lets himself get shot yeah. with a tranquilizer dart. I mean, he just kind of looks at. It. He's like, uh, "Good, I get paid." And so I feel like I'm not sure if y'all remember, but Christopher Priest, when he was doing his Deathstroke run, did a Batman vs. Deathstroke arc. And so yeah. I wish that they had referenced this. I wish that they had referenced that in this because I really feel like, especially with the chemistry between these two in this issue, I feel like that was kind of like an extension on that almost or what I would have wanted it to be more like. Yeah, because that was recent too. That, that was just like sense. a year and a half ago or something like that. Batman versus Deathstroke. Yeah. It was relatively recent. Mm -hmm. I wonder why they didn't. In the end, though, it is just feel like it's building up to something. But I, unlike City of Bane, I feel like this build up might be worth it. I enjoyed this issue. This yeah. might just be mostly build up, and I am looking forward to the next one and the next one after that, and next one after that. I mean, we're about seven issues away from Nightwing's return, so <laughs> we're, we're counting yep. now. Yes, sir. And uh, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's like the comics of the week. Unless you guys got anything else to uh, introduce. I mean, uh, last thing. Actually, go ahead, Hunter. It's your. I mean, I said uh, Batman and the Outsiders also came out, but like I kind of mentioned at the beginning, not much happened. There's a lot of chemistry between Black Lightning and Katana, like romantic chemistry. I don't know how I feel about that, but you know, mm -hmm. it exists. Art was fantastic again, but it was mostly just a setup issue, which I'm thankful for because, again, the last Batman and the Osiris issue I read was in, like, February. So I'm okay with just having, like, a calm issue for now because the first few pages was like, burn. all right, what's happening again? <laughs> like, I got to mm -hmm. remember this. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm a yeah, uh, just to piggyback off what 100 said, I'm a huge uh, Batman and the Outsiders fan too, and so I'm actually with, uh, I'm actually super down for Black Lightning and uh, Katana to get together, even though I know that the Black Lightning creator, whose name I cannot remember at the moment, even though I know it's somewhere in the back of my mind, but yeah, even though the creator of Black Lightning is totally against it, I'm actually super down with it. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm actually I, super down for it too. I mean, yeah, I'm down for them to get together. Is is it uh, Trevor Von Eden or Tony Isabella? Tony Isabella. Yeah. Tony yeah. Isabella is the creator. He's been talking on Twitter about how like he doesn't like them being paired up and all that, which for me I kind of find kind of pointless. But that's just my opinion. Wait, 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 does does Black Lightning have a family in the comics or no? I haven't really kept up with he... him in the comics. Does he does and he does he? he does in some he does in some uh, iterations because gotcha. we've seen. Uh, Cold Dead Hands is the last comic to show him with a family. I think he has gotcha. a daughter. And he, that was... At the moment, he lives alone. That was written... Yeah. At the moment, he's alone. It, de it all depends on who's writing him, honestly. Like, Tony Isabella wrote Cold Dead, Cold Dead Hands, like, whenever the Black Lightning show first popped off. So I think that's, like, three years ago. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So it's very, like, dependable... But the it's so it's very like it all depends on who's writing him, and also we never knew like whether that book was taking place in rebirth continuity, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. But I will say, in terms of just like books, I've, other books I've read this week, uh, I read Miles Morales, uh, seventeen, really oh, good that? issue. I really, I really love Solid in the Meds' take on the character. I think that 
Solid in the Red is leaning more towards his Hispanic side, which I really enjoy because the whole time Bendis was because the whole time and the whole marketing that this character's had is just you know the black the black Spider-Man, but it's like dude he's he dude he's also like Latino, yeah, which is Thomas. funny, yeah, which is funny coming from me because I'm just I'm I'm, I'm just black like, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm happy to see like both sides of his uh culture being represented and also. Like he, he's just a master. Like Solid in the Med is just a master of dialogue. Whether you read his Black Bolt or whether you read his Miles Morales, he's just really great at adapting and changing the way that he writes towards these characters. Okay, I might have to pick up yeah, that. Actually, this is yeah. the uh, this is the same guy who wrote the uh, Quicksilver miniseries, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I I really enjoyed Quicksilver No Surrender. I I that was like early podcast stuff that I talked about. I thought that was a really interesting uh, book. Yeah, I I read the first issue of the Miles series and I didn't keep with it. I was like, maybe I'll pick it up and trade. So maybe I'll have to uh, get back on that. I'm looking for the first. I'm looking for the first issue of a uh, Solid in the Med series. I'm so I need that in my collection because I think that this is actually <laughs> going to be something. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, yeah, exactly. I have I like have no Miles number ones <laughs> as you can see. But I'm a huge Miles fan. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, I, other books that I read this week that I think people should check out, uh, Bitterroot, which I talked about earlier, really dope book from David F. Walker, Sanford Green, and Chuck Brown. I think everyone should go check that out. That's my favorite book over at Image right now. And uh, if you want to see something that actually like fully finished, check out GoGo Go Power Rangers. They just finished <laughs> up this week with issue 32. Oh, it's over. Yeah, it's over. The only Power Rangers series going on right now is the main one, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, which I actually think is ending soon as well, because it definitely has those winding down moments. They just haven't like officially announced it yet. Okay, uh, good to know. Uh, I guess we'll... Yeah. Something popped up real quick while I end the podcast. Is one last bit of news before we say goodbye. Uh, DC is reportedly planning to host a free 24 hours virtual fan experience on August 22nd titled The DC Fandom. It's said to be a global event featuring new announcements of trailers, DC games, films, TVs, and comics. So that that was just oh, announced shoot. like a minute ago, as of this. Oh recording. shoot! So, so it's so it's basically uh, we don't have San Diego Comic Con, so here. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I think us. I, I think we also got news because I saw this going around from a bunch of cosplayers that I follow. But I think San Diego is also doing something like this too, where they're doing yeah, it virtual. At home. Yeah, I saw they're doing that. Doing the virtual one, yeah. But DC just announced this, saying that. This is where they're announcing their new oh, that's... games. I, I I wonder if they'll have a uh, Snyder Cut trailer there. Oh, I guarantee. I feel like they already will since um, didn't Zack Snyder say that he's already cutting it up to begin with? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear about that, but uh, yeah, yeah that, that seems like it'd be a good place to uh, do a trailer and drag, uh, you know, try to get some uh, fans in. So, uh, oh, it's interesting. Maybe an Arkham uh, announcement. Maybe, maybe. I, I have my doubts because every time I get my hopes up for an Arkham announcement or a <laughs> Superman game announcement, oh god, a Superman game will never happen. I've just accepted it. But uh, every time I get my hopes up, it just it just never happens. So uh, you know, yeah. Rocksteady, please prove me wrong. Make a Superman game. Yeah, uh, <laughs> please prove me wrong. Maybe we'll please, get some I, DC I, I Max announcements. Don't, yeah. don't, don't let don't let yeah. don't let uh, Insomniac Spider Man uh, don't don't let him embarrass you. Yeah. Bro, let's be honest. Insomniac is wiping the floor with them, yo. Like that's, that's Insomniac is wiping the floor, and Square Enix is doing the Avengers game, right? They're, yeah. Even they're wiping the even they're mopping the floor with Rocksteady. It's it's sad. Please, Rocksteady. Please, I beg Just of you. Or something. even Warner Brothers Montreal. I don't care who does it. Please, someone. We're spoken with a yeah. stick. Like, please do something, anything. <laughs> even if they announce hey, Injustice uh, Three, I'd be satisfied. 
So, oh, dude, Injustice Three! I, I'm so I'd be so down for. It. Please, I, please, I, be I beg, that, yeah. I, I beg. But yeah, that's but yeah, uh, uh, a hero uh, story. Yeah, that's are we the just thought. Uh, real quick, real quick. Last thing, I know I'm I know I'm going on, but last last thing, All I just want to say, thank you guys again for having me on. Uh, check out advent check out Adventure Man. I think it's a really great comic that just started today. Just started issue oh, number one. Matt that. Fraction doesn't do that many. Yeah, Matt Fraction doesn't do that many books, and they have the Dodsons on art, so it's super talented team. Yeah, I check saw it a out. One of those on sale when I was comic hunting yesterday. So, yeah, yeah. Was, and then in terms of, sorry, say that one more time. I just said it looked really popular because there was always a line of people lining up to grab it. Yeah, and I'm really happy that Matt Fraction is just like resurging and getting himself like more and is getting himself like back into full swing with comics because he's writing Jimmy Olsen sex criminals just started back up again. And now this with the Dodsons, I'm super hyped for anything he does. Cause I think he's a really interesting creator. Yeah. Yeah. And then in terms of just once again, a saying thank you to you guys for allowing me on your platform. And then of course the obvious plugs, uh, yeah, follow me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> follow me. At Comics Kings on IG, I'm gonna spell it out for y'all. C O M I X K I N G S. Comics Kings. I am the kid over there, one of two admins. We have original shows like Pitch and Future Past, where we break down. Basically, Pitch is where we take an underrated, underused, undervalued character over there, and we give a quick little elevator pitch. And Future Past is our comparison show, where we take eras of comics and we just compare similar themes from different eras over there. Uh, we have live wrap-ups where we basically do this, and we review comics and all the news that goes down over there. We do that every Sunday night, except for when we have creators, like we have one this Sunday night. Alex Sinclair, 9 p.m. EST, please pop out. We would love to have y'all there. Hopefully, I will see Hunter and JD in the chat sending questions for Sinclair. Definitely, yeah. definitely. It should be a good time. And uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on the podcast. It was uh, really good to have you on. I'm glad we got this. Uh, gl glad we got you on. And uh, yeah, I hope you have the best with your account. And I hope you have the best with interviews going in the future. And uh, very big good luck for uh, having Sinclair on. Yeah, good thank you, man. Sure. Much appreciated. You know, thank you. Thank you. You know, just peace and blessings to everyone. I know that we uh, are definitely I know that we definitely need it with everything going on. So I'm happy to provide as much as I can for the community and just you know give people a little you know soul food because soul food always cheers me up that def, def, i definitely agree it's uh mm -hmm. I, I've, I've always thought that uh fiction is the best uh escape from reality it's always nice to uh be able to look into a comic book and kind of escape the real world for a while so if someone's able to do that with our podcast then i'm more than happy to give that to them so uh thank you for listening that's a good segue uh thank you for listening to the podcast uh, if you're listening on itunes we appreciate a five-star review or whatever you think we're worth i hope you think we're worth five stars uh, if you're listening <laughs> on anywhere else like soundcloud spotify give us a follow slash subscribe uh, and for a hero story, I'm JD. I'm Hunter. And thanks for being a hero. Oh, no. Wait, that's your line. That's oh, no. Line. I took your line. I'm so sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> that's hurtful. And thanks for being a hero. It's for the <laughs> villain over here. And remember, every second is a gift. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>